Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. Know is that God is a God of relationship, He's a God of communication. And he's a God who desires to speak to every single one of us. And he desires to speak to us in a way that we hear and understand so that we can walk in obedience to the things that he has for us. Uh, Just this week, I received a phone call from a gentleman in our church who's been part of our church for uh, quite a long time. And last week, he was on Clovey Online because he was home uh, sick um, with some post-COVID lingering effects. And also, his arthritis was such that he couldn't just get out and about. And he called me during the week and he said, Mike, I've waited a couple of days to make this phone call. I didn't make it straight away. He said, but I want to let you know that last week when I was engaged in church through the online service, uh, he said, I was just really drawn into that song, God of Revival. And we were singing about God being the one uh, who brings revival. And he said, I was drawn so much into that song that after the service, uh, I went and looked for it on YouTube. I put it on the TV and I just listened to it on repeat. He said, God was just doing something. And he said, I heard his voice. And, and he said, worship me. He said, worship me with this song. And he, and he sat and he, and he worshiped and he soaked in this song. He said, I just had it on repeat. And I just played it time and time and time again. And then he just said, and then I just felt myself not feel sick with my COVID effects. And he said, I stood up and the arthritis that was debilitating in my body had gone. How amazing. Praise God. He said, and I wanted to let you know that a couple of days after the fact, because I I wasn't quite sure if it was what it was, if it was God. He said, but Mike, it's a miracle. God uh, has uh, healed me from my COVID uh, and also from my arthritis. So why don't we just give the Lord a hand? And we use this gentleman's story as a testimony and, and, and an example that God is a God of relationship. He's a God of communication. He desires to speak to us and he desires to heal and restore. That's who he is. And I know that there's many important things in our lives when we think about a range of different, uh, different things in our life that gets our attention. Just think about the week that you've just had and, and all the different things that got your attention this week and the different things at work or at home that you needed to attend to. But I want to suggest today that the most important thing that we could be attending to is the voice of God. It is to hear the voice of God. To position ourselves before God in a way that we say, God, we want to hear what you have to say to us. Because if we allow God to speak into our lives and if we allow his voice to be the one that we want to be listening to most, it's going to affect everything else in our lives. Everything else from our relationships with our family to what we spend our time and our money on on how we push into the things that we do during the week, whether it's work or volunteering, to position ourselves before God and say, God, your your voice is the one that is most important for us to hear. That is so important. But I know coming out of or going through this COVID season, I know if we reflect on the last few months, 
It's probably like in many ways we've been living through the pandemic. We spent a couple of years keeping this virus at bay. In the last five or so months, we've been really uh, working through the impact of what it actually means to live with COVID. And, you know, probably many in this room and online have already had COVID or people in your family have. You've been disrupted, probably had your fifth or your seventh holiday cancelled. You know, it's just, it's been a rough, you know, sort of um, season. But let me ask you, during this season... And I know through my own life and through talking with many of you that there has been discouragement. Uh, There has been and there is a sense of fatigue going around. But let me ask you, if we do a little audit on our relationship with God, uh, where are you at in terms of your relationship with God? Where are things up to between you and the Lord today? Uh, Where are you maybe now compared to maybe where you were even uh, a couple of years ago? Can you describe that? Can can you say, yes, I'm leaning more into the things that God has for me? Or during this season where it's been hard, I'm not quite sure where things are up to. Sometimes we need an honest uh, reflection of that so that we can understand where we are. Because what I know is that to be a people who follow Jesus, we need to hear his voice. We need to be led by him. We need to be tuned into him. Now, who remembers the old Rank Arena TVs? Who had a Rank Arena TV? Come on. I'm going all the way back to the 80s, so I'm into a certain kind of demographic here, I know. In the 19, late 1980s, I was just a young man. We had a Rank Arena TV in our house growing up. Now, some of the young people are like, I don't even know what that is. Now, young people, there was a time before uh, a remote control, and you actually had to go up to the TV and turn the button. Like, you literally had to turn it, and it made a noise when you turned it. It was unbelievable. And now you've got like remote controls where you just press it and you don't even have to like point it at something, right? But like before that, there was a remote control that had a cord that went to the TV. You might have had one of those growing up. They were a bit fancy, uh, to be honest, those ones. Um, but we had a Rancorina TV. You can see it on the screen here uh, behind me. You literally had to go up to it and you turned the button and it went clunk, clunk, clunk. And there was like, I don't know, three channels maybe. So, you know, but what what happened, I'm taking you back to like 1989, I was all of nine years old and I wanted to watch the cricket at summertime, so I'm going to the TV, I turn it on to channel nine, that's where the cricket was, but then there was this like little frequency button, do you remember the frequency button? And then you had to tune it in to make sure you got the best picture that you could get. The picture was already bad, (laughs) it was this grainy picture and you tried to like tune it in so you could see it even like just a little bit closer and then pretty much what would happen is watching the cricket someone would hit it and then the cameraman would pick it up and you go oh that's where the ball went because you didn't really know (laughs) where where things were going because the tv screen was so grainy but you know back in the day you had to tune it in you had to use the frequency and tune that thing in and you know in many ways it's a good kind of image for us a little you know, fun illustration to say we need to be tuned into the things of God. Uh, we need to be a people who tune ourselves into His voice. And this is important because when we look at the person of Jesus, we see Jesus as someone who was tuned into His Father's voice. We see Him as a man of prayer. We see Him a man, uh, as a man of intimacy and a man who lived in obedience for the things 
of his father. As we look at his life and ministry in Mark 1, after a busy day of ministry, uh, he'd spent some time um, healing the sick. He drove out, uh, a man with a demon. In verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning, when it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place, an alone place, where he prayed. And if you look further on in that passage, Jesus' disciples, they come and they find him. And they go, oh, we found you. Good. Because there's a lot of ministry that we can be participating in. And he says, no, we need to move on to another town. And they would have probably thought, what? What do you mean? Why? And he said, this is why I've come, to preach the good news into different towns. So through this time of intimacy and prayer, being tuned into his father, he makes a decision to move to another place to preach because that is why he has come. Or in Luke 6, uh, Jesus spent all night praying to see who would become part of his inner circle of followers. In verse 12, it says, On one of those days, Jesus went to the mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. And in the Gospel of Luke, we see Jesus praying on at least eight occasions where he would go and spend time praying to his Father. And this is a man who's part of the Trinity, part of the Godhead, was still spending time being intimately connected, being tuned in to his father's voice. What about after feeding the 5,000 and mourning the loss of John the Baptist? Uh, Mark 6, 46 says, After leaving them, he went to the mountainside to pray. So after a busy ministry and also grieving uh, the death of John the Baptist, he went away. And he prayed and he spent time with his father. Or right at the end of his ministry, he was spending some time in a garden. Matthew 26, after the Lord's Supper, he was heading to the cross. And in verse 39, he says to God, he says, but not as I will, but as you will. And it was out of this intimacy and this relationship, this connectedness, being tuned in that he could make decisions, hard decisions that would lead him to the cross. And constant communication with the Father was part of Jesus' rhythm. He was tuned in to his Father's voice and his plans for his life. And it appears that Jesus enjoyed doing that in nature. When you read through the Gospels, he was spending time in mountainsides or he was spending time by a lake or he was spending time in grain fields, beaches, gardens. I wonder what your rhythm of connecting with God is. I wonder what the places and the spaces are that you feel that closeness with God. Something for you to think about. And for Jesus, out of prayer, out of being tuned in to his Father, came an obedience for life. I like how Mike Breen puts it. He said, prayer was a fundamental an element in the life of Jesus as breathing. He inhaled his Father's presence so he could exhale his Father's will. How good's that? Just consider your breathing. He inhaled his Father's presence so he could exhale his Father's will. For Jesus, it just wasn't a process or, or, or a theory to, um, to hear his, God's voice, hear his Father's voice, to be tuned in. It meant something. If he heard his Father's voice, he knew it meant something in terms of a decision that he was going to make. And I guess that's the challenge for us today. And this is why we're sitting in a new series and we're putting it kind of under the banner of our mega theme of restore because we understand if God is going to do a restoration work in our lives, then we need to hear his voice. We need to tune in. We need to be a people who tune in to what it is that he has to say 
to us. And that's what it means to be a people of faith. We spoke about this last week. We spoke about surrendering and having confidence in God and living in obedience. And for us to be able to do that, to be a people of faith, we need to tune in. We need to tune in. And in some ways it's simple, but in other ways it can be incredibly hard. So I encourage us to, uh, to lean into this series, hearing God's voice. And, and we have uh, Christine Wanstall, who's going to be with us as well, as Dubsy said. And it's going to be a great weekend. Make sure, if you can, prioritize that workshop to spend time learning and growing in your relationship with God. We're going to be using a, a companion partner, if you will, a, a book by the name of a lady called Kath Livesey. She's written a book called My Sheep Have Ears. And, uh, and we're going to be looking at some of her work as we go through this series as well. And, and she's got four keys around how we can tune into the voice of God. And I want to share them with us uh, today. The first one is this, that we see God in the everyday. That to tune into God means that we can see him in the everyday. Jesus says in John 5, 17, he says, My father is always at work and to this very day, and I too am working. You see, Jesus is at work. God's at work, drawing people to himself, communicating with us all the time. He's always at work. He doesn't stop. It's part of what it means to be the creator of the world. He, he doesn't stop. And he's, and he's asking us to tune in and hear his voice. And he, God speaks to us in many and varied ways. I just want to name a few, and I wonder which ones stand out for you today. God speaks to us through his word, the Bible. He speaks to us through our conscience. He speaks to us by giving us a sense of peace around certain issues and areas of our lives. Sometimes he burdens our heart. You might have had your heart burdened in the past to pray for someone. God might have woken you up out of a sleep and, and, and said, pray for this person right now. And you didn't know why. And maybe you still don't know. But God burdens our heart from time to time to pray for people and for situations. He speaks to us through his creation. He speaks to us through our life circumstances, and he speaks to us through the counsel of others. I wonder which ones of those stood out for you. I wonder how God speaks to you. I wonder how you tune in to his voice, because it's important for us, and maybe the question for us is, how do we have eyes to see him and ears to tune in to his voice? And sometimes just embracing what our everyday life is like is a way for us to start by thinking about tuning into God's voice. So just think about your day. Think about your week. Think about your rhythms and, and ask yourself, where is God in these areas and how does he speak to us? Because he's involved in all the areas of our lives. So it might be on the bus on the way to work that he speaks to you about something. It might be in the crazy place of dropping your kids off at school in that you know, line that can take sometimes a while. Uh, it might be at a certain, um, through a certain person that you speak with, that he speaks to you. Uh, it might be in the supermarket. The different rhythms and the different places and spaces, if you considered how God is a God who wants to meet you in the everyday and he wants to speak to you in the everyday. You know, for me, I love uh, driving home from work at around the time if, if sunset's there and drive down McIntyre Road and the sunset's just, you know, kind of, um, you know, just up in the, kind of in my kind of, you know, field of view and it just does something for me. I love it. Even if I've had a hard day or a good day, 
You know, I just see that sunset and it's like God gets my attention. It's an everyday thing. But it just does something in me in that sort of way. Or you know, if I see my kids cooperating and doing something, well, it brings me joy. And that's God at work in me. I wonder what it is for you. You know, from time to time, God will drop a name uh, into, into my mind. And I'll send a text message. I might send a Bible verse. I'll spend some time praying for someone. And, and every now and again, I go, isn't it wonderful that God would speak to me in a way that I could bless or encourage another person? And it might be the same for you. To participate in his will and his ways. Very little in some ways, but can have a big impact. And God wants to speak to you in your every day. He desires for you to speak to you in your every day. And if you're not sure exactly how to start with that, one thing that you could do is actually engage in the practice of gratitude. Engage in the practice of gratitude. And, and you can start by simply at the end of the day, ask yourself this question, God, where have I seen you at work today? Where am I grateful for the things that you've been doing in my life today? Because sometimes we, we can't see it. We get so into the things that we are doing. But actually just to stop and to pause and to be grateful. You start to see God at work all over the place. All over the place. And you'll be able to give him thanks. And as you start to see him, then you will have an openness to cultivate that and grow that. So see God in the everyday. Tune into him in that way. The second is to embrace your uniqueness. Embrace your uniqueness. And Elijah spoke about this, didn't he? He said that God speaks to us in unique ways. And that's a beautiful thing because we've all been created different. And the way that God is wanting to speak to you will be unique to you. It might have some similarities to other people around you and like you, but there will be a uniqueness to you. I wonder how you tune into him in that unique way. There's a guy called Gary Thomas, and he's written a book called Sacred Pathways. And he speaks about nine different pathways that God has used over the generations to speak to people so that people can tune into him. It's a really good book if you're interested in learning more about how you can embrace your uniqueness. But just let me give you four examples of what he talks about here. He talks about naturalists. And he speaks to you know, people who are like Jesus in many ways that connect with God through creation. And there's something about that. You love to go on a bush walk or you love to get out into nature. And when you're in nature, you just sense his closeness to God. That might be for you. That's not for everyone. And that's okay. But that might be for you. He also talks about traditionalists, people who like ritual and symbol. So maybe it might be liturgy or engaging in the sacraments or certain types of symbols that connect you into God. He talks about sensates. So people who... Uh, particularly use their senses to connect in with God. It might be sights or sounds or smells. And then he talks about ascetics, people who have silence and solitude as part of their life, that like to retreat, and as they retreat, they really hear from God in that way. Now, I am a naturalist in, in, in many ways. I love connecting with God in creation, probably obvious through what I just said about the sunset. But I love going for a run, getting into Cobbler Creek and connecting with God in that way. I love being outside, whether it's a beach or a golf course or something like that. And there is just something 
about that where God speaks to me. And he actually speaks to me quite deeply as well, sometimes in those places. There's been times where I've been you know, going for a walk or a run through Cobbler Creek, and God's said something to me that's actually had a significant impact on what we do here, and maybe around a theme or around an emphasis for something. So to embrace your uniqueness is really important. And to have confidence that you can tune in to the voice of God in that way. And it's really important that we don't compare ourselves to others. Sometimes it's easy to compare ourselves to others or to see something from a deficit and say, well, I'm not like that person. But actually celebrate how God's created you. Celebrate the uniqueness that he has with you. So we want to see God in the everyday and embrace our uniqueness. And the third thing is to be still. Learning to be still and settle ourselves and listen for the voice of God is crucial. In Psalm 46, it says this, Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted amongst the nations and I'll be exalted in the earth. And being still is both an external and an internal posture. There is an external um, aspect to being still, turning off the TV, putting down the phone, eliminating distractions. But then there's also an internal posture as well, which is engaging the discipline of learning to quiet our souls. When was the last time you quieted your soul? Remove internal distractions and focusing on God. I love how David puts it in Psalm 131. And I've got it in the message version here. He says, God, I'm not trying to rule the roost. I don't want to be king of the mountain. I haven't meddled where I have no business or fantasized grandiose plans. I've kept my feet on the ground. I've cultivated a quiet heart. Like a baby content in its mother's arms, my soul is baby content. Wait, Israel, for God. Wait with hope. Hope now, hope always. I don't know if I'm just getting older, which is happening, or if our world is just getting more and more noisy. But it's hard to quiet the soul. It seems to me like we need to be even more intentional now to cultivate a quiet heart, to to cultivate our soul in a way that comes before the Lord without distractions. But we need to. We need to. We need to put the phone down and cultivate a quiet heart. I love what Elijah said when he was dealing with disappointment in his life. What did he do? He went to his room. Now, I'm not sure if that's because he was in COVID isolation, but he went to his room. He went to a quiet place. With the Lord. He stilled himself before the Lord. How easy is it to be distracted today? How easy is it just to say, you know what, I'm going to put some more noise in front of me so I don't have to deal with what's really going on in me? It's true. But we need to read the times, we need to read the culture. Now, more than ever, we have to work hard to cultivate a quiet heart. And we can do that in many different ways. There's one way that you can do it in in a way uh, which is called breath prayers. Really simple prayers, but say them regularly. It might be a simple prayer that you say, which is come Holy Spirit. 
You might be going into a difficult meeting at work or, or you might be having a, a tough conversation with someone at home and you just say, come Holy Spirit. And it's just something you might say 10, 20 times across a day. It's a breath prayer, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. And it's a prayer that you pray because you're cultivating that quiet heart. You're being still before the Lord, even just for a microsecond, you're saying, come Holy Spirit. You know, last year I prayed a breath prayer and nearly every day I had it up on my board in my office and it's, it was, Lord, make me according to your heart. Lord, make me according to your heart. Lord, make me according to your heart. I just kept praying this prayer. I wanted to put front and center the things that were of most importance. Lord, make me according to your heart. What would it look like for you to have a simple breath prayer? You can create that. That, that cultivates a quiet heart for you. Or another way to be still, cultivate that quiet heart, is maybe going prayer walking around your neighborhood. You just go for a walk around your neighborhood. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your area. Pray that God's kingdom would come in and through the area in which you live. It's also good for your fitness, but you will spend some time in prayer cultivating that quiet heart, being still before the Lord, a really uh, important thing that you can consider. Or a third one is maybe a centering prayer where you simply put an alarm on your phone the same time each day, put that alarm on your phone and when it goes off, you put your phone down and you center in on the Lord. You say, Lord, I center in on you right now. What have you got to say to me? It might be for a short time or a long time, but get into a rhythm and a habit of being still before the Lord to cultivate that quiet heart. And fourthly, to have faith. To have faith. Having faith is an absolutely key ingredient to hearing his voice and to tuning in to the things that he has for us. See, God is faithful and he asks us to live by faith. Uh, God says in Jeremiah 33, Call to me and I will answer you. It's a promise of God. And Jesus says in John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Or Jesus says in Matthew 28, he says, I am with you always. Or what about what he says in the Sermon of the Mount? He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. See, God keeps his promises. God is faithful and God desires for us to live by faith. Our kids team have been doing some work around hearing God's voice in recent times. And there's a little girl in our church, a little four-year-old girl, beautiful girl. And she um, was having a conversation with one of the leaders about hearing God's voice and, uh, and saying, well, what uh, can uh, we be thankful for? And she said this, she said, I can hear God's voice. She says, I'm only four, so I'm just learning. But if I'm quiet enough and really listen, He talks to me. He talks to me. How can you have faith to know that God desires to talk to you? I love what Chris Partington said in the clip. Where, where she said, you know, I got this word and I got this hymn and I wrote it down and gave it to the person. And when they received it, it was encouraging to them. But it was so encouraging to me. And that's true, isn't it? When we hear God's voice, when we tune in to His voice, 
when we have the courage to obey. What an encouragement that can be for another person, but what an encouragement it is to you to know that the God of the universe, the one who created the heavens and the earth, desires to have a relationship with you in such a way that you hear his voice. So we can see him in the everyday. We can embrace our uniqueness. We need to still ourselves and have faith to walk in to the plans that he has for us. Will you stand with me? Let's pray together. Let's pray together.